Hi and welcome to the Clear Cruise podcast. This is our second episode where we delve deep into the world of cruising. So thank you to those who are coming back and welcome to those who are new to our podcast. So we've got a couple of great interviews coming up and in a moment you'll hear from when I caught up with Patty Denny from the Port of Seattle where we talked about some of the trends and local attractions that Port of Seattle offers to its cruise guests. And after that, Lucy Huxley and I caught up with Jay Schneider, the Senior Vice President of Digital for Royal Caribbean, where we talk about some of the interesting developments in that whole digital space. But first of all, let's catch up with Patty. So I'm lucky enough to be joined by Patty Denny, who's the International Tourism Development Manager at the Port of Seattle. What, that's a great job title. What does that mean? What do you do for the Port of Seattle? Well, hello. Well, the Port of Seattle uh, is unique in that we own and operate the airport. We own and operate cruise terminals. We have two downtown cruise terminals. But the tourism program started initially to support the non-flight, non-stop international flights um, coming from Japan and the UK. Um, we've actually had representation in the UK to promote Seattle cruising uh, for almost 30 years. Wow. So um, it, um, it's a long-term program, uh, basically started you know, in regards to the flights. Okay. So, and the, the port is extremely popular for international guests cruising. Mm-hmm. How's, and where do most of your guests come from? Well, the UK is our top international market. Okay. Uh, followed by Australia. We see a lot of cruisers coming from Mexico and from Germany. Um, but for us right now, we are really trying to turn up the volume in regards to our pers- promotional activities in the UK. Right. One reason for that is because it's become increasingly easier for UK travelers to come to Seattle. We have non-stop service with British Airways, with Virgin Atlantic, with Norwegian, with uh, Thomas Cook Airlines, and this summer we started with um, Aer Lingus from Dublin. So airlift obviously makes it much easier. It does, I d- uh, certainly. I think uh, travelers these days want convenience and being able to fly nonstop makes a huge difference. Now I've been, to, I've been lucky enough to go to Seattle a, a couple of times. It's an amazing city. Um, but for those who haven't been, um, what can you do in Seattle? What are the main attractions that people get to, to enjoy? Well, Seattle is an extremely walkable city, so it's really user-friendly, and um, our iconic um, attraction certainly would be the Space Needle, and the Space Needle is undergoing a space lift. <laughs> um, there's over a hundred million dollars investment going right. into the Needle right now to take away the railings and make the view of the city totally f- uh, free with uh, mm. no uh, no interruptions and so it's a 300 the observation deck is a 360 degree experience so you can see the cascade mountains the olympic mountains the seaport downtown and the neighborhoods 
uh, we're, we're very excited about the, the Space Needle, and that is located in the Seattle Center, where we have other incredible uh, attractions such as the Chihuly Garden and Glass and Mopop, which is a, a pop culture museum. And many people know Fisherman's Wharf maybe as one of your bigger attractions. Yes, the waterfront in Seattle is uh, bustling right now. And I have exciting news to, to share. Um, along the waterfront, separating the city and the waterfront, there's a viaduct. Not so attractive. <laughs> and that is coming down this fall. Oh, wow. And so the city will be joined down to the waterfront. Um, starting in the spring of 2019, we're going to be starting to develop parks and it's just going to be gorgeous. Fantastic. Uh, and for those who maybe have a couple of days in Seattle, you can explore the surrounding area. There's, it's a beautiful state and beautiful area it sits in. I think uh, for me, Washington State is one of the most diverse states in the United States. You have everything from volcanoes to mountains to lakes to wild Pacific Ocean beaches to seaport towns to rainforests. Um, we have three national parks. And so a lot of the, the people that want to get outside the city, they'll head for Mount Rainier, Olympic National Park, or the North Cascades. Also, I'll share with you the fact that uh, Washington State is the second largest wine producer next to California. And so we have over 900 wineries that you can explore wow. around the state. And we have a new development in Seattle called Urban Works. And um, this is in the Soto district, close to our sports stadiums. And there, there's um, over 20 wineries. Some have their production facilities there, some are tasting rooms. But right in the heart of the city, you can taste the glorious wines <laughs> coming from our region. So if people can tear themselves away from the wine uh, and jump on a cruise, I, I guess we know Seattle as being uh, a gateway to Alaska, mm -hmm. uh, and presumably that's the, the biggest destination for cruise ships? That's correct, and all of our Alaska programs are round trip. So seven day program, you start in Seattle, you go up to Alaska and see the beautiful scenery and the wildlife, and then you come back to, to Seattle. And what we are trying to really um, increase is the exposure of all those exciting things that we talked about that are happening in the city. We would love for people to think about staying two or three nights um, before right. before heading heading out. And those are seven night cruises, presumably, but also ten night and, and other durations. Right. Yes. The most common is the seven night for our international visitors because they have, they have other things. Uh, that they want to do um, to explore the Pacific Northwest. And presumably you have cruisers heading south from Seattle as well, uh, maybe towards the end of the season, beginning of the season? Yes, in the beginning and the end um, of the season. And then we have small ships sailing from, from okay. Seattle too. Um, the Columbia River is um, a beautiful area to, to, for river cruising. Patty, it sounds like there's lots going on at Seattle. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, come and see us in Seattle. We will. We will. We're booked. <laughs> okay. So, Jay, uh, tell us all about what your role at Royal Caribbean Cruise Line entails. Sure. Uh, as the Senior Vice President of Digital, which is a really awkward title, my job is real simple. I help the leadership 
and the organization enable their digital transformation. Okay. So, and, and what view do they take to that new technology and that digital side of things? Because we're a hospitality industry, really. Yeah, we're a transportation company, an entertainment company, a hotel company, a food and beverage company, a shipbuilding company, an innovation company. We're everything. Um, one of the reasons I came here is we are a we, we're innovators at heart. You know, we build the the best ships I think on the planet, the most innovative ships on the planet. Um, whether it's our large Oasis class, our new edge class, we build amazing ships. And that spirit of innovation uh, makes us, uh, as you look at surveys, one of the most technologically advanced companies. Um, that's why I came here and that really resonates with the leadership team here. So they clearly have to be creative, but where do they find their uh, inspiration? So I, you know, I find my inspiration and I hope my team does, and I hope, frankly, the company does as well in the same way, right? I find inspiration in our guests, uh, in our employees, in our product, right? You have to have empathy if you want to build cool new things. And I find that inspiration by going on our ships, talking to our employees, talking to our guests. And I know the company does that as well. So it's demand-led. So what, what customers want and you try to... Yeah, you can't really have an appreciation. So we're focused on removing friction from the arrival experience yeah. because we want to get people to get on vacation faster. And you can't do that in a vacuum. You've got to do that by understanding what consumers go to to get on board a ship, okay. what they do to go on vacation. We've got this really cheeky notion, which is we want to get you from your car to the bar in less than 10 minutes. And the idea is, don't make me wait in line to start my vacation. Don't make that first moment painful. Make it as friction-free as yeah. possible because you want that journey. We want you to enjoy your vacation. Is the, really the thing at the end of the day. So when we talk about new technology that cruise lines are introducing, is it about the check-in and check-out process, or is it does it go deeper than that? No, it's the entire vacation cycle. It's from how you know that you want to enjoy one of our, our new gorgeous ships or one of our great destinations that we have to go to, to help get you ready for it so that you can maximize it, to get onto it frictionlessly, to enjoy it frictionlessly, to maxim, you know, have as much fun as you can. And it's not just about the guest, it's also about, you know, our crew deliver an amazing experience, but oftentimes they have to write information down, memorize it. So it's building tools to make their life easier so that they can spend more energy on getting you to have an amazing vacation. Yeah. Okay. Now, we hear a lot about artificial intelligence. Yep. Now, is that something that you're incorporating into the sort of innovation on your ships? You know, how, how will we see that on a cruise line? Uh, I think you'll see it, well, you'll see it with us in two different ways. Um, from a guest perspective, you'll see it by new technology. So we're building a, we've talked about building a virtual concierge that will be AI-based, that will help answer questions, book services, um, really help cater to your vacation. And so that's one example of AI in real life. Mm -hmm. And then on the flip side, it really is used behind the scenes to help automated decision making, um, move data in real time, uh, think about supply chain in a different way. So technology, AI will continue to work its way into the workforce, which will eventually impact the guest experience as well. And we often think about new technology in terms of robots because, of course, your robotic bars are very famous and well talked about. So are robots something that we'll see on cruise ships? Well, to your point, we have them on cruise ships already, right? It's robotic bartenders. It's robotic screens where we put screens right. on yes. arms. Yeah. We've, you know, again, this goes back to why this is such a great company. We, have, we put technology into our business in a way that keeps it in the background and just creates an amazing experience. Um, 
whether it's AI or robots, they will continue to work their way into the crew and frankly into the hospitality space as a whole. Right. Um, so, you know, we constantly look at new types of emerging technology. We'll see where robots end up. Okay. So when we talk about innovation, I imagine it's, you know, probably easier to do it on a new ship, but of course you've got a whole fleet that perhaps you, know, you might need to retrofit. So how, how, can you get new technologies onto your older I Actually, I think it's reversed. Okay. Right? We, we, all, we want to get new technology across our fleet. We want to make every experience better. We focus heavily on how we innovate in our new ships, but from an ease standpoint, it's often easier to focus on our old ships. And the reason okay. is um, we have this notion of, uh, of, of testing with our guests to build products as opposed to just kind of rope drop moment. Okay. You know, so you test it on the, the older ships and then you can. So from, you know, a, from a hard versus easy, it's often easier because we can learn with our yeah. guests on our older ships. There's not this opening moment on our older ships, it's they're in market. We learn, we, toss, we test, we adjust, we make the experience better versus there's this pent-up expectation around yeah. a new ship. So from an ease perspective, um, it's often easier on our older oh, ships. Okay. That said, we use our new ships as moments because they're such amazing platforms to, for change. And talking of new ships, oh. and we won't tell anybody, but um, Edge is obviously coming yeah. out later this year, <laughs> and we're in the innovation lab. Um, what can we expect? What kind of new technology and new innovation are you bringing? You know, there's, I would argue there's three different layers for Edge. There is what we call, there's an app for this, right? There's basic capabilities that we're working at fleet-wide that Edge will, of course, get. The ability to, to see your kind of daily, your daily plans, mm -hmm. the ability to book and modify and cancel anything you need to do in the moment, whether it's um, dining, Shorex, spas, etc. Um, it is the ability to kind of just wayfind your way around the ship. It's that, you know, you kind of expect it from any, any company, yeah. right? Um, layered on top of that, we continue to work on and have announced that we're rolling out stateroom automation for the first time with Edge at scale. And so you'll see stateroom automation uh, available to guests. And that's whether it's a panel on your wall or in your phone, the ability to control your stateroom. Um, we are also, that'll be our first. What is, what is sorry, what does control your statement, stateroom Turn mean? your lights on and off. Oh, move so you your can blinds. do all of that yourself on yep. a, okay. All that on your smartphone as, as well as on the wall. Um, the temp, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, the third is really around access to your stateroom, and so that will be kind of our first class of ships where you'll have digital key where your phone will unlock your door. Um, and that'll be the, the first real class that we'll have that. We'll experiment in other ships, but mm. that will be really the launch of Digital Key. So, sorry. No, that's okay. Does and that then, mean that you're deliberately moving away from giving them technology so that they're no. using their phone rather than new wearable technology, for example, that would do the same thing? Yeah, so every company is chasing variants of the same yeah. problem, which is to pull friction out, right? Yes, you can carry your key. Yes, you can have a phone in your pocket. We already have a wearable on board our Royal ships. Uh, we will continue to look at a wearable as part of that ecosystem. Okay. It's an eco for us. It's always been an ecosystem, not a single solution. So is it? So then, I suppose the idea is the customer will be able to choose what's the right method for them. Choose based on their right method and right adoption. Okay. So there's a couple areas we're not really talking about publicly that we continue to chase um, that are in that ecosystem. If you already have a smartwatch, why can't your smartwatch? Why do I need a third? Why do okay. I need to take my yes, smartwatch off wearing, that I yeah. use and put on a new wearable? Right. Why can't I just use my phone if that's my preference? Uh, why can't I use a key card if that's my preference? So that ubiquity of media is, okay. is 
what we believe important as we think of that and, ecosystem. And actually that comes on nicely because I wanted to ask you how far all your guests embrace all these innovations or is it again, you know, some are for some because some really want all the tech and some are just quite there's, happy with a bit of it. There's often this belief that um, new technology is for Gen X and millennials yeah. and boomers want nothing to do with it. And that's absolutely not the case. Um, you see widespread use of technology across all generations. You see widespread adoption across all generations. Um, yes, we know that millennials will need, will, will demand more and more, and that's great. Hmm. Um, but oftentimes, the services that we provide, the goals we're chasing help all audiences. Yeah. Um, we find there are Gen Xers who say, I want to leave my smartphone in my car because I'm going on vacation yeah. and I just yeah. want to have a better experience. Well, that would be nice. <laughs> what, what we're doing doesn't mean you can't continue to use a key card to get in. And for the agents who are selling cruise, particularly to new guests, you don't want to put them off cruising because Absolutely. they don't understand the technology. And, and at no point would we ever, we want technology to be in the background and enhance your vacation. It's still all about, you know, for our brands, it's really about getting with your family, getting out at sea, enjoying gorgeous destinations, immersing in those destinations, having great food. Technology's there to support that. It's not there to be the central focal point yeah. of, of the future vacation. Okay, so big question to yeah. finish off, but what do you think has been the biggest leap forward in cruise over the last five, 10 years? You know, I, I can't take credit for this statement. I've heard um, our leadership say that, you know, the last, decade or two decades has been about uh, hardware, so new ship development. Yeah. And I, I'm biased. I think we have some of the best hardware on the planet. Um, I also think over the next decade, you will continue to see the best hardware come from us. Um, our our uh, launch of Symphony this year, it's a gorgeous ship. It's an amazing ship. Um, Edge is coming out. It is absolutely going to be a transformational ship. Um, you're going to continue to see that from us, and you've seen that from us, and I think that will continue to be uh, our real core value promise. Um, the next decade is also going to be about destinations uh, and technology, and so it's going to be the secret sauce of those three working together that I think will continue to be transformational. Brilliant. Okay, well, we can't wait to see what's coming up in store in the next 10 years from, from you guys, but thank you so much Great. for joining yes. us today. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And unfortunately, that's all we have time for on this episode of our podcast. Uh, so thank you for listening. If you haven't yet subscribed, make sure you do so, and that way you won't miss a single episode. That just leaves me to thank Jay, Lucy, and Patty for making this podcast possible. We look forward to seeing you again soon. And in the meantime, happy cruising. <laughs>